Hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Film Critters Processes. Processes Midsummer. Another episode of it. Another episode. <laughs> We're just gonna, of Midsummer. I hope you're ready for our ten-part series on Midsummer. A Midsummer's cut. A Midsummer. A Midsummer's cut. A Midsummer's cut. Now with forty more minutes. Yeah. Of gaslighting. Uncut. Uncut. Gaslighting. Bigger, longer, and uncut. X-rated. Midsummer. This isn't. The, this isn't the version of Midsummer your boyfriend wants you to see. <laughs> um. So yeah, we were very we were very fortunate. Uh, by the way, I am Baru. I am uh, Jay Bearhat, as always. As fucking always. Um, as it fucking be. If you have never met us, we are uh, pod- podcaster morons. YouTuber. YouTuber dipshits. dipshits yeah. Um, Professional dumbasses and dumbass associated individuals. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, we do a bit of a film retrospective review podcast. It's not really retrospective. I mean, it's... Retrospective to the film I watched a couple yeah. weeks ago. Retros- retrospective as of like a week ago. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and we were very fortunate enough to be in a city that saw uh, screenings of Midsummer Director's Cut. Yeah, Director's Cut. With uh, almost brought it up from like, what, two hours, 20 minutes to two hours? It was like over, three, over three hours. Was it? Th- One of our friends who we brought with us to the screening, by the way, uh, they sat down and I was like, and I'm going to anonymize. Uh, they were like, I'm so high. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well. Picked the wrong movie for yes, that one. <laughs> have fun. Get strapped in for the next three hours. And they were like, oh, my God, it's three hours. <laughs> this is the same friend who also got really high before we went and saw The Farewell. Oh, no. I, they just are like, I can smoke weed here. I want to. <laughs> you know, I'm that's like, fair. Weed is a sometimes movie. And, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 I, enhancer. I no, yeah, I was. I did not find myself doing dab rips prior to the farewell. Uh, I was, I was not hitting the Just hitting that vape. <laughs> I, I was not hitting the booth for Midsummer Director's Cut. I regret to inform y'all, um, but uh, I something you were hitting. Something I was hitting was that was that emotional motherfucking <laughs> emotional. Yeah, you know, I was hitting that like button on this movie because I liked it. And I hit the bell notification to let me know um, to, of when it uploads more movies. When, uplo- <laughs> when the five-hour cut is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it, Ari Aster, you fucking bitch? Um, yeah. You promised us more about Ruben, and there was not more about <laughs> Ruben in this fucking movie. Ugh. <laughs> Why is he there? <laughs> <laughs> Why? What is your fucking issue, Ari? <laughs> Justify yourself before the court of public opinion. <laughs> For the court? Do, do, do. I'm banging my rubber hammer. Do, do, do. Justify yourself. You will be hanged um, by your ears from the posting you'll, you'll get the uh, You'll get the blood eagle treatment. God. You'll, you'll get hereditary. I, I, we did have another friend who came and saw the uh, the director's cut with us and uh, had told uh, told me after. They were like, yeah, I thought like the Blood Eagle thing, like I like got to that scene and I was like, all right, what? that's, ca- come on, what is the, care yeah. for, all right, hostile. Uh, <laughs> and then like looked it up and was like, oh shit, that's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's really, gr- it's so gratuitously like disgusting and horrifying. That you, uh, it feels like a cartoon. Yeah. Like, it feels like, oh, this is like a hostile thing. And then you're like, no, it's, that's a real execution yeah, method. It. But we're not here to talk about Midsummer. We're here to we're talk here about to t- 
Mid- Talk about midsummer deleted dark, scenes. Deleted scenes. What would you say is one of the biggest changes that the the director's cut? Because I will say the director's cut be hitting different. It does. It absolutely really. It really does. Um, I, I will. I will say like my my one sentence kind of overall uh, take take away from the director's cut is, uh, fuck Christian. Yeah. Sucks. Re- really like what I I, I felt bad because like uh, a friend of ours. I keep bringing up friends, but like we, we made everyone see this movie. Some people yeah. I know went and saw the director's cut and afterwards they were like, yeah, like we didn't see the original. Like what was the difference? And I was like, and they had mentioned that they had watched uh, our previous video on it. And I was like, okay, all this stuff I said in the, like the original commentary on this movie about how Christian and Danny's relationship is really ambiguous in a lot of ways and that they're kind of both that fault. Very wrong. Totally out <laughs> totally the window. misread that uh the direct i mean like not misread it because like that's what is in the theatrical cut director's cut no just every every added scene with christian is him being way worse to danny to people around him (laughs) like i i had this i had this kind of selfish want of like i wanted scenes of christian being sweet to danny that's what Uh, those were some of the scenes that were going to be added yeah like more nuance to their relationship more more things that would make danny be like all right, I'll stay, you goofball. Like, you know, uh, and there, I, I would say there's like five seconds of that and then a fucking boatload the, of, like... One of the things I pointed out in the previous one where it's like, there's this really sweet scene where Danny brings him flowers and he's like, oh, did you pick those? And she's like, yeah. It's like, do you walk backwards while doing it? Yeah, and it's like a cute interaction. Yeah. Uh, completely different meaning in this one because then in the scene that's not in the theatrical cut, he like specifically brings that up as like, a point of how she's a bitch. Yeah, no, because it's like, oh, you gave me this gift. So and like, now I, so now now I you're feel such like I have bitch. to give you something I, back. I have to fucking, you, oh, this exchange. I, I can't handle this. This is so fucked up. Like Just just like him casting wildly for, for anything to blame her for. Yeah, uh, and she, and literally in that scene, it's fucking insane how different this this cut is and how, how valuable it is to me to have been able to see both versions as, as a person who, spoilers, loves 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 this film i've now seen uh director's cut is technically my third time watching it um but you saw the yeah i remember you saw the theatrical cut twice yeah beforehand yeah um and uh so so just the added context of like danny being so cogent and so just like oh yeah no this is the devaluation phase and you're just not saying that you don't love me anymore yeah and christian just being like that's bullshit i of course i love you uh but you're a bitch uh, and I hate you. I, I did love that in this cut, they expand more on the idea of like anthro- anthropology students be like, psychology students be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that whole scene of just like, cause it's like, she's right. But I do love him immediately being like, you're doing the thing that psychology students do where you're like, yeah. I learned this in class. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Like I, what an amazing like writer. It's it, for, first of all, it, it makes the whole film. So on its own, I'd say if you if you had a choice, like you're like, I don't want to watch five hours of a movie uh, <laughs> when it's the same movie twice. And you like have a choice. Definitely the director's cut. Yeah, is, it's, I'd say it's actually definitive. I, I feel like a lot of the biggest critiques I ha- I heard of the first movie, not in the director's cut. No, uh, I, I agree. 
a lot a lot of the original critiques of sort of like oh the pacing's weird it feels kind of dreamlike the characters don't feel as fleshed out which i think was bullshit for the director for the theatrical cut but in the director's cut you see a lot more of like oh no he like yeah it's he wrote these things that people criticize the theatrical cut for not having here's more breathing room for the development here's like all of the characters are more sketched out the cult is given more of a sense of like evil and hey this movie's about nazis yeah we're talking about nazis here yeah <laughs> like, which is like that was something I'd, I'd brought up i was like yeah i'd like i'd read that the original script had more and like going in with that framework it's like you can definitely see it but it is in the director's cut a lot more explicit like no this is yeah. like a pseudo nazi cult and it actually is played off in a really well way where it makes the the anthropology students sort of like arrogance at this idea that they could just observe this without being affected by it yeah, like it, it, they they do a lot more to like tease out like why, uh, why that's a very arrogant Western sort of approach to this kind of thing. God, yeah, and it it, it makes it so much more like darkly funny that she's a psychology student as yeah well. and, and she like falls into this shit the hardest out of anybody oh, like i mean they got that yeah like, because, she, like she falls for the recruiting she, even faster yeah and she sees the warning signs because there's like uh my brain races there's so much shit. ah sorry uh i'm a big fucking nerd about this movie it's it's so good it's so good definitely uh, if, even if you've seen the theatrical cut see the yeah. director's cut watch the director's cut please unless you, you absolutely um, hated the theatrical cut because then i don't know if this would add anything for you <laughs> yeah for real um and uh like there's explicitly a scene added in like obviously we're spoiling shit blah blah yeah. blah whatever you know what you're here for uh, <laughs> but there's a scene where where um Danny specifically asks about the secret Nazi language of the Uthark book that uh Josh's character um is is holding on to and reading through uh and Josh says like yeah I carry this around to piss off Pele uh <laughs> i forgot about that which is maybe my f- like one of my favorite lines in yeah. the movie um and a- along with i taught you how to use jstor yeah, you didn't even know how to use jstor you're a grad <laughs> student such a good line so oh glad God. you got to put it back in yeah it, it is unbelievably good uh but yeah that whole sequence where it's like pele being like or, or josh being like ha 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 you know, this shit reminds me of Nazis and Pele being like, ha ha ha, you're already brainwashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and Josh just being like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's really good. And it's, it's such a, it's such a cool, like, psychological play of just like, like, they really just stare danger in the face. They really are so egotistical to think that they're like above conditioning and above and above their context and surroundings that they just plunge themselves into which really i also felt like very like yeah and my original take where i was like i think this film is also like i said before it's like i think it's a mistake to just read this film in a very narrow pop feminist lens that people are giving it where it's like you know because it is about a breakup and it is about a shitty boyfriend Mm-hmm. But I was like, but I think it's people are it's missing that the film is also about so much more. how shitty experiences leave you open to like exploitation and recruitment yeah, into yeah. evil. Uh, and I think just reading it as like feminist, like girl power is like really missing that like there's a very, there's a very good second like but <laughs> to this yeah. film. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I was correct. This film really is about like, you know, he really, people criticize like it's, oh, it's not really. He's just using folk horror aesthetics. But I think he like uses the idea of like he says, like, you know what happens in a folk horror film. Yeah. And he uses that textually to be like, these characters 
know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> they know what's going to come. They know what's happening into everything they walk into, but they think that it won't happen to them. Mm-hmm. So they're even, which leaves them just as open to, you know, being killed or being uh, pulled into this cult. Uh, absolutely. So good. It's so, yeah, God, it's, it's, it's so textured. It's really nuanced. Um, and it just feels like it, it, it's a, it's a satisfying movie to watch. Uh, e- even if it's, even if it is kind of just a movie that's being like, Hey, there are no support networks in society. Yeah. Like, or, or rather like the ones that we have are so strained and so underutilized and so underprotected. Um, and like, we need to like be looking out for ourselves and for each other as far as just like mental illness and exploitation, uh, because like it, it touches on this like moment of America in very recent history, um, and through kind of throughout its history, like really dropping the ball on mental illness, uh, bar none. Like we talked in another episode about like the Prozac nightmare. Like, yeah. 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 Like, the, the nightmare of the pharmaceutical industry and how people have people come to mistrust healthcare because of industry and like all of this shit that like midsummer kind of looks toward uh or, or rather is like in acknowledgement of um and really really cogent about in a way that I super appreciate. <laughs> and this is definitely a, an, an episode to watch in, in conversation for a previous one. Cause I don't want to go over the same points I made about yeah. like, Oh, here's the ways the cults are like two faced and stuff. Because it's like, that's, that's part of it as well. Is that's mm-hmm. like, I think it ties into that. Cause it's like, Hey, when we leave, you know, vulnerable people in our populations open and without support, the people who are going to be there to support them aren't going to have their best interests in mind either. A hundred fucking percent. And I think that's that's a big that's a big element of what the force of the cult is supposed to represent is like this is this is the ways in which people are exploited and yeah. and brought into larger projects and able to justify evil. Um, well, also, you know, at the same time, telling a breakup story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, kind of acknowledging, you know, burning all your ex's stuff, kind of a crazy ass move to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real. And, and I mean, it, it's. It's kind of a slap to the face, and it's it's a it's a narrative that feels um, very kind of like self-reflective uh, in this really in, in this really intelligent way um, of just like, hey, like you're not gonna reinvent the wheel. The answer is communication. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I I just really love movies where that's the narrative, um, and that's kind of the, the thesis the thesis of what they say. Um, and I think just at, like everything, everything that they added would just helped so much more toward oh, so what they were doing. The the thing I really love about that is um, the thing I talked about. So again, I talked about in the previous one where it's like Danny's thing is that she won't communicate her fears mm. that Christian just wants to break up with her because she's afraid of it being true. And what I like about the director's cut is that she does do that. And that what the, she, yeah. she straight up says, are you trying to break up with me? And that's not in the, in the theatrical cut. Yeah. 
Um, and what I like about that is that it's, it reframes her behavior that's in the theatrical cut that we don't see, which is that like, oh, the way she responds around Christian isn't just, you know, uh, a person who's anxious and doesn't want to communicate what their fear of because they don't want to deal with the fact of what if that fear is true. Yeah. Um, she's fully willing to have that conversation, but she's been conditioned by Christian to like reflexively like apologize to reflexively yeah. like try to soothe him to reflexively like you know he she, she's constantly made to feel and it's shown very early on in the film that if she brings these kinds of things up he turns it around on her and makes her feel guilty for it it uh the the extended scene where you see the way he invited her along which is he lies and says oh this was going to be a romantic surprise and you and you ruined it by thinking it was weird that he didn't tell you God, completely God. changes. It changes the whole. Completely changes movie. the entire movie. It's like thirty more seconds in that scene, and it's it is like insane. Yeah, like I I can't even. Oh my god. Because like the way it's cut in the theatrical cut, you know, like they have their they have their argument, and then it cuts well before that conversation starts, and it's just to the scene of Christian being like, "By the way, she's coming, but she's not coming." Right. But I did tell her that she's coming. Yeah. And so the assumption that, like, I had read into it is that, you know, they had, they had continued to have an argument. I had the same and, assumption. Yeah. You, you had the same one? Yeah. It's like that that they... That they, like, had mutually. That they had mutually decided, like, oh, well, do you I, do you want to come? Like, you know, that it had been, yeah. a, like, him kind of, like, grasping for straws, being like, oh, well, to try to, like, end you, the conversation before it came up. To, like, like, soothe her, maybe. Yeah. Which, uh, or that, like, maybe she had asked. She was like, well, you know, like, I'm free. Would it be okay if I came? And him not wanting to say no, being like, yeah. Like, you'd assumed it had been some sort of, like, him him backing off from being honest uh, about what's going on led to him inviting her. But no, the, the dialogue is completely different than what you expect. It's him straight up being like, oh, yeah, I actually was going to invite you. And like, now you're being weird about it. And it was going to be like a huge romantic thing. And like, you're just being so paranoid. It's so shitty. It, it's so, so shitty. It's, it's like, I, I, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, oh, so, okay. It's like, that. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. We were seeing it with people who hadn't seen the theatrical. And I had to lean in and be like, okay, that last like half of this scene was not in the theatrical <laughs> cut. That completely it's, changes their dynamic. It's such a change. Um, and God, just Christian die. Yeah, no, it's it's you and me like, oh, shit, he did deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved one right between the fucking eyes. Um, and like at the, you know, obviously like he didn't. That's the point of the movie. Um, but like, uh, it's, it, it just makes everything it just makes everything so much more raw and so and so much rougher uh that like that he just has i don't know he just has so much confrontational anxiety and just so much preemptive fear of emotion um and and of and of like not being able to like i i don't know i guess like low self-esteem like i'm 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 never gonna be able to be a good partner or whatever yeah i i definitely see it as like it's it's an extension of the thing that like um josh josh's character calls him out on the beginning where he's like are you just inventing this drama to distract yourself yeah where i feel like uh his christian's ultimate character flaw is that he essentially continues to pursue and create situations that are going to cause conflict and stress in his life so that he doesn't have to do work on himself 
Attention, please. Yeah, attention, please. Attention, no. He, he doesn't have to break up with Danny because Danny will always be there to give him attention and risk having to put in work to build a new relationship with someone on his actual personality. Yeah, it's all just like a weird, like, distraction for him. Yeah. And, like, facing his real problems is kind of he inconceivable. Cre- he creates his he creates a conflict with Josh where we're going to work on the same project Knowing fully well that it's going to piss Josh off and that he's just going to be bumming off of Josh's notes. Yeah. Because then he doesn't have to put in the work of actually doing his own research and risking failing. It it lends so much justification. I, I thought it was kind of a stupid joke the first time I saw uh, Midsummer, but it, it lends a lot of justification to um, Will Poulter's character, Mark. Yeah. Uh, uh, saying, like, this is literally abuse of, of like... Of like his girlfriend needing attention, for yeah. Once. Like for the first for the first time, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like him needing to provide for like her emotional needs, which are extremely fucking valid. Yeah, she has like a mentally ill family member and like is going through an extreme crisis and doesn't have any support. And it's very clear that her sister doesn't have any support network. Yeah, and, and for it to be framed like and, and also. With with the director's cut, I, I go back to that line, the, like, it's literally abuse thing, and I'm like, fuck, so true to life. <laughs> like, ca- calling someone abusive for cutting you off from further attention from them when their attention is just, like, causing you to want more of their attention and not get better. Yeah. Like, fuck's sake. <laughs> God. So, such a such a good dense movie. Also, in the director's cut, I love that uh, Mark just gets more scenes of being a dipshit. Yeah, <laughs> just more scenes of just being the most obnoxious cartoon bro. The For fucking real. added in dubbing of after the 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 scene where the seniors uh, jump to their deaths of instead of just him standing outside of the barn and being like hey what's up he's watching oh like <laughs> clickbait videos on his phone about like us st- about like top 10 like ways yeah top like number 10 like this guy was getting head from a hot babe on the road when he rear-ended someone and she bit his dick off now that's a mouthful now that is a casual encounter he won't soon forget. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And it's so voiced, funny. It's voiced crucially by Ari Aster. It's Ari Aster. Which is very funny. I desperately want to believe that he added that in when he was getting a director's cut <laughs> and that it was never in the original, but he was just like, this is funny. I want to do this now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's so fucking funny. It, especially because that it's immediately afterwards. He's like, in another added scene, he's angry. He's like, I can't believe you let me miss that. Like everyone else is like, traumatized or in like having a weird reaction to it and he's just like what the fuck old people were jumping off cliffs and i didn't get to see it <laughs> i didn't get to see the fucking real life e-fuck video yeah it's so so funny adds it's... so much to his character god he literally he, someone like tells him what happens and he's like what or something, yeah, like, some shit like that it's, it's... like it's literally the most cartoonish. My my other favorite one is just like, for no reason, he just adds back in one line when he's talking about the guy, 
when they're like at, at one of the times where they're at the dinner tables there's just an extra line added in where he just goes like what do you think would happen if i just stuck my finger up that dude's butt <laughs> like there's there's no context for him to say it oh he my just God. says it to be crude and it he's, was like that line was not in the original version of this scene his character is just butthead yeah he's <laughs> so funny it's such a funny addition to the movie god which is great because it adds a, a, a much needed like level of comedy that i think the theatrical cut is uh it has but is has a lot less in the same way hereditary had comedic moments to relieve tension right yeah i mean i i, I think every edition like, was, had, there was perfect. served a purpose yeah there, yeah there was nothing where i was like oh i can see why this was cut yeah. Like, at first, I was like, oh, I can see why they cut this scene of the ritual about throwing a kid in the water. But then that sets up, like, a really, like, A, the really important conflict that Danny yeah. and Christian have. But also, it, like, sets up Danny as the character in a full core film who says, we need to get the fuck out of here. And everybody else goes, no. Which is something yeah. that was missing from the original, was her being more like, hey, this, something's fucking weird is going on here. Yeah. Which... God, I, I, I honestly think that makes her arc like so much more pronounced and so much more interesting Yeah, for her to, for her to swing like full, like for her to turn 360 degrees and walk away, uh, from this cult as it were, um, and just like be like totally against it. And then like in it, in it. Yeah. Immediately in it. And, and like in the same way, like Christian's arc of just being like, yeah, no, bro, we like. We gotta stay. Like this is this I, is I'm so my, important, and they're it's they're important. I gotta do my fucking thesis. It's just like their culture, you know. Um, and that girl's hot. I mean, what? Yeah. Uh, we gotta address. Okay, there's an elephant in the room here. There's an elephant in the room. There's the a most wild, completely changes so much of Christian's character. The girl he fucks in the director's cut is fifteen. The problematic gold nugget that yeah. we found in the lake. I swear to God, Ari Aster, if you didn't think we were going to cleave your fucking head off, now's the time, pedophile. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it was good, actually. I, I, I think it was... Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. It's... it's it it To me, the thing I like about it is because it's, it's added in into the scene where they're talking. Because, yeah. like, I talked to people who didn't who didn't even catch that, who saw the theatrical cut as well. Yeah. In the scene where Pele tells uh, him, oh, I think my sister has a crush on you. And the director in the theatrical cut, he's like, she got, uh, you know, she she got permission from the elders to, like, breed with an outsider sort mm -hmm. of a thing. Yeah. Uh, or to like have sex with an outsider. Some some like weird thing where it's like, and don't worry, like the cult already says she can fuck whoever she wants. The like extra like four words that were cut from the theatrical cut are even though she's 15. Yeah. Which like immediately changes Christian's hesitance from, oh, he doesn't want to cheat on Danny to, oh, he knows he can get away with having sex with a 15-year-old girl, but he knows it's fucked up to do, but he wants to. So like the thing about the thing about this plot edition, it 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 is it is definitely troubling and it is definitely like very unsettling. Uh and it damns Christian straight to fucking hell. Yeah, no, uh, it absolutely like, as much as like oh christian was drugged and coerced into it it's yeah. like it, it changes it because it's no longer he, well, he was he drugged was like, and coerced he was sober when he, when they told him that yeah 
crucially. Exactly. Like, and that's, it, that's why and it, it changes also, it. It comes right on the heels of, because like in the original cut, we talked about the incest uh, line where Christian is like, you know, do you guys, do you guys do like incest here? Yeah. What, what, uh, What's the vibe? What's the vibe? Uh, and <laughs> vibe check. <laughs> vibe check. Vibe check on the incest thing. Uh, and then in the director's cut, right on the heels of Christian, like voyeuristically asking about incest, um, this guy is like, it, it, it is essentially over a course of events communicated to Christian that like the legal age is 15. Uh, and, and so it, it, it is like specifically, it, it frames it as such a, like, a, a mutual exchange of information that is, like, mutually parasitic. Yeah. Where it's, like, Christian believes that he is kind of the objective party getting information from this cult, but the cult is actually getting information from him by what he is asking about. Yeah. And so, since he is asking about incest, he's obviously a fucking pervert. Yeah. <laughs> And if he's a fucking pervert, we can make him fuck this kid real easy. Yeah, we can, we can manipulate him. Uh, yeah, and we can, it, it's we can just give about him, manipulating. We can we can create this situation where he is going to. And like the thing that's great about that too is that like that also gives the cult blackmail, so that if Danny were to decide not to have Christian killed, Christian can't walk away from the cult because the cult knows that Christian had sex with a fifteen-year-old girl. God. And like, that's yeah. the other reason why I like it is because it adds another sinister layer to the cult because it's another thing where it's like, like the incest thing where they say they respect it and it turns out they don't. Right. It now opens the doors where it changes that scene where it's not just like, we're helping this, this horny young girl in our cult, like get knocked up. It's, we specifically chose this 15 year old girl to have sex with an older man to get pregnant yeah. And it changes the line where she goes like, oh, I can feel the baby in me from some weird spiritual bullshit to like, oh, because she's 15 and she doesn't know how sex works. Yeah. It, it, it makes that whole scene so much more exploitative and disgusting, it goes, which is so good. Like the context going from just like presumably of age, like woman who who is horny. Yeah. Who, who want who want baby like it, it changes the movie from Burning Man to fucking like. Westboro to fucking like Waco or like yeah it, it is like it, it's a very 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 like chilling subtext um that I that I think like and it it really does introduce like a a probably the most damning flaw to Christian which is that yeah. he is not immediately like this is fucked up I'm not doing this yeah it changes the fact that he took the he takes the acid and then is preyed upon into Oh, he's taking the acid knowing fully well why they're giving it to him. Right. Yeah. He is taking it to give himself plausible deniability to himself. God. Yeah, because, like, at that point, he he knows what's happening, so... Yeah, like, he's, he, they told him explicitly, they've told him repeatedly, the cult leader has told him, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And he's just like, well, if I... Because he turns it down at first... And like again in the in the original cut, I assumed it was him. <laughs> and they're just like, like, no, we know you're a perv. Yeah, <laughs> like, like we know what you're up to. Yeah. So, uh, and again, that's also like a damning thing of anthropology, of like how anthropologists will like, oh, I'm just objectively observing these like horrifically exploitative customs in this culture. Yeah. I did also love like I noticed it more that like Josh and Pile both know going into it what it's gonna be, and how much more it makes it fucked up that neither of them told Danny yeah and like to different ends where it's josh's ends is like josh is you know unempathetic josh doesn't give a shit about danny and doesn't think at all yeah. hey 
you know, because like he, he specifically laughs when Christian tells him because assumedly if he told Christian, Christian as much of a dumbass dipshit as he is would be like, hey, Danny, yeah. <laughs> maybe don't come to this. Uh, yeah. But Pele knows because Pele's fully aware that it's going to open her up more. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, God. So it's just like that much more manipulative. Uh, so we pointed this up in the comments. I was wrong. Pele is actually exempt from the ritual at the end. He's not one of the people in the in the thing that's burning. It's, oh, it's yeah. just a random other villager. Oh, no. Yeah. Because there's Ingmar, who's Pele's brother, who's, who's yes, burning. Yes, that was it. Who... Um, I can't remember if I talked about this on the original or not on our original episode. If if we did, I'll cut it. But I I do I do remember the whole thing with like Ingmar being spurned by um like uh, Connie Connie and like his whole arc with Connie being with with Connie and her fiance being essentially a murder suicide like pact yeah like love triangle thing, which is like really chilling. I, I really love how it's there and it's enough that you can tell that that's what's going on, but it's yeah. like just not given its own narrative beyond that, yeah. but it's enough to add even more of a level of like, you know, this isn't just a, a regular ritual. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah. It's like, hey, bring people that you want to get revenge on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a means to an end. Uh, and, and that end is just like these people's catharsis, I guess. Uh, Cause Pile is a, uh, is left exempt from it because he brought, the May Queen, I think, is what they say. I don't remember. They, they give some reason why he's exempt from it. Because like, uh, somebody had told me, he's like, no, you actually are wrong. It's not Pele in the, in the temple at the I, end. I thought they, like, volunteered themselves. It might be. I'd, I'd have to re-see it again or reread it. But there, there's, there's, there's some rules and regulations they give about who's picked, basically. Yeah. I just, I, at that point, I'm just, like, listening to the soundtrack and yeah. just uh. vibing the fuck out, bro. Uh, which... I, I've um, been listening to the soundtrack uh, a lot, and it's actually re- like I, I'm glad that I've seen this movie now multiple times and have gotten to like really appreciate the soundtrack. I kind of didn't like it the first time I watched Midsummer, but now I'm really into now it. it. Slaps. Fire Temple is a banger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm guessing that's the song that plays at the end. It's the song that plays. It's in it the play, Fire it, Temple. It's the scene that plays. It's the song that plays when Danny has to go into the Fire Temple to get the bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, God, the Water Temple scene really sucked out. Yeah. So I'm glad they took that. I'm one glad out. they got, I'm glad they cut it out for the director's cut for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> God, there really was a Water Temple scene, uh, in, and it and it really did kind of suck. Um, not really. I I actually I thought it was really uh, interesting. Um, oh, the scene it, when they throw the kid when they're, where they're about throw to throw the, the kid, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it provided context at least as far as we figure out how Connie died. Uh, oh yeah, she's drowned, right? She's drowned because at the end she's wearing um, the, the same stuff. The that same the kid suit. Was oh, I didn't even think about that. Which is amazing context to have. Uh, oh, because she's you hear her just give that one scream. Yeah, which is probably her being thrown into the water with all the weights on her. Yeah. And then oh, I didn't even think about that. And then the next time you see her is at the end of the movie and she's dripping water everywhere. Oh, that's so good. Uh, oh, filmmaking. What a good fucking movie. <laughs> and that's good too, yeah, because like I remember when she gets wheeled out and she has the vest on that the kid is wearing in that scene. I was like, why? Where, what is she dressed as? Because everyone else's outfits make sense, but it's yeah. like, oh, it's because she was dressed as a ritual that we didn't see in the theatrical cut. Yeah, yeah. I remember being so weirded out by like... It's just so weirded out by her whole weird thing. There's a bunch of like kind of tarot imagery I'm noted. Like there's like the fool 
and there's yeah. like the scholar is this... uh is who josh is yeah it's kind of just a bunch of it's kind of just a bunch of bullshit mashed together that's, in the that's same... all mythology baby <laughs> yeah exactly in the same way that like obsessive like western mythologizers like just kind of come up with their own history to vehemently defend and that isn't like based in fucking reality when the romes and greeks be hanging out <laughs> and listening to vaporwave while doing math or whatever oh my god i do really like the little snippets that we get of her prior family life because i think they're really well like realized and really artistically put together and like the shot of her mom just like in like in like a nightdress like in, in the, the hallway in the hallway at night so it's, fucking good yeah it's it's like everything at once it's like eerie it's nostalgic it's like kind of it, it gives the impression of like missing something but also being haunted by something like it's just like a simple image i think is is really effective at telling a story yeah no it's it's it, no i like what you said where it's, it's both like being haunted it's both like kind of scary but also nostalgic at the same time so it just becomes this sort of blueprint of just like this is an image of her mom she has in her mind that is like that is relevant to the memory of her mother yeah and that's all we get from it Uh, yeah and that's that's what makes it so powerful and such a good shot yeah because i i I mean i don't know not to wax personal but i think we all have like sense memories and like specific moment memories uh when when it comes to specific people uh and yeah like really good put just a really honest uh portrayal of just so many phenomena of like perception i guess i love it because it just adds this way in which like you know her family definitely affected her and her parents were definitely a part of her life and if so she has these memories but it's very intentionally i feel like ambiguous as to like what the meaning of those memories are yeah and so we never really know like you know what is her relationship to her parents like we know that she's not estranged from them Mm -hmm. but we don't really know like you know did she have a complicated relationship? Did she love her parents? It can kind of be assumed given like the, the mental health issues that she and her sister have, that her family probably also had mental health issues. And so that at least maybe that's me projecting, uh, is, is assumed that she had a very complicated relationship to her family where she loved them, but she had mental health problems and probably so did they. Yeah. It's and I don't know. Ari has to made a, a little movie. Maybe you heard about it called Hereditary, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, it 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 has a lot of the same kind of running themes. And I, I think like Midsummer, it kind of similarly to Hereditary. Like they're, I I obviously they're very similar movies. Um, and they they have the same kind of structure and they have the same kind of tragedy element going. Uh for them um and i think this one the way this one portrays the like gradual sort of slip into madness of, of just like her so sort of succumbing to these to these traumas and to these stressors uh and like not really uh creating a framework of like dealing with grief um and like that's still her responsibility at the end of the day is is to do all of those really really difficult things and to to move through life without needing to be like held all the time you know uh, without needing to be swaddled and numbed yeah and, uh, yeah i still say that like to a bit like a, the, a kind of big horror of the film is she moves from like a unhealthy relationship that gives her no support to essentially a codependent relationship yeah 
with a cult. <laughs> with a cult that is lying to her. That is that all is the that time. is absolutely lying to her because it's what makes her feel better or gives her the emotional response that they need. Yeah. And it's it's you know, I mean it's at the end of the day a much worse crime than whatever than anything Christian did. Like that's kind of I guess the point of the movie. Like fuck Christian, he can die. Like yeah. he can burn. Uh and he does. And good. He does. Yeah. Good. Fuck it. Kill all men. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know. But ultimately I, the cult the cult is way worse. Is is because, just as much exploiting Danny and yeah. is way and is exploiting her to a much worse end. And a very like like very smartly exploiting her. And like it like the cult knows what she wants and is willing to like defy her in just the right ways, but like without her really noticing. Um and like just getting under her skin and uh, uh. Uh, yeah. No, really effective. If you've, um, if you've ever had toxic friends in your life, you yeah, might toxic. recognize, you might recognize this cult. <laughs> Abusive. Uh. Danny just, you know, Danny just really needs to cut toxic people out of her life, I think. <laughs> she just needs to drink a glass of water. I think, yeah, you know, it's, she was not drinking a lot of water in this film. I think this could have been avoided with a little bit of, you know, H2O. Gallon of water today. Danny, <laughs> you should have brought that gallon with the line marks on it. <laughs> Danny, you should have brought your hydro flask you on your can't. fucking trip. God damn it. Danny, you should, Danny, you should have been an e-girl. <laughs> also rewatching this, man, Florence does such a good job. It's weird that she's... Florence Pugh is an incredible actress. Yeah, really, really excited to see what else she does that isn't uh, Marvel, Marvel bullshit. Yeah. Black Fuck Widow. you. <laughs> Fuck you, Florence. <laughs> Florence and the fucking Disney machine. Yeah. Am I right? That's the name. That's what I'm going to call my... Um, that's what it's going to say on the Daily Show bumper card. The Disney machine? The uh, Florence and the Disney Machine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. like the band, Florence uh, and the Machines. Yes, I work in the Daily Show writer's room, and my name is Brent, and I shop at Whole Foods. Uh, I work for uh, Saturday Night Live, and the person who comes up with ways for the whoever's hosting Weekend Update to go like, and Trump! <laughs> <laughs> but in different um, intonations, so people know whether to laugh or boo. Yeah. So to be honest, I think we've covered everything that's basically new uh, about the director's cut in only a short 50 minutes. Wow, that's more, longer than the amount of material that was added. <laughs> I, I think now put together, both it, of our episodes of Midsummer are going to be longer. As long as the director's cut. Oh, it's got to be longer. Because our fucking, like... Was our first one that long? Was our first one two hours? It was, it was almost two hours. It was like an hour 40. <laughs> We love this movie. <laughs> we, love, we love Ari Aster. We we stand. We dare. We do dare to stand. Hey, it's that's, a, how, you it's know an ongoing... that's how you know it's a good one. You know it's a good one when we put out something that's like over an hour for just one movie. Yeah. And you know it's a great one when we put out two videos and they're both <laughs> almost or over an hour. Yeah, for real. And and <laughs> oh well, my God. I think us is the only one we've done two videos on so far, right? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the team, Ari Aster. Yeah, it's you, Jordan Peele. That's it. That's it. Those are the two filmmakers that exist. I don't really know of anybody else. Um, Maybe the lighthouse guy will knock it out of the park oh, with the lighthouse. Yeah. Oh my god, that new trailer! It looks so fucking good. I want it to be gayer than I know it's going to be. And, I don't know. And the witch I'm is kind of gay. The witch. Yeah, it's just a scene where yeah. Willem Dafoe just fucking sucks Robert Pattinson off. Yeah, why'd you spill your beans? <laughs> why'd you spill your nut? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says when the plug comes out. <laughs> oh my god! Um, 
Yeah, the witch fucking rules. I, oh, I could watch the witch. I could throw down and watch the witch whenever. Like it, it's really good. So good. Um, and so too is Midsommar. Really um, good time for like horror and shit right now. Actually, it's it's a really good and bad time for horror. Cause What's bad? It chapter two. I, oh right uh, yeah like, no oh, yeah the other movie like, we just watched <laughs> i i think we have like really great examples of some of the best horror in history ha- happening with with ari aster and jordan peele um even though like you know it's not to pigeonhole them into a genre it just happens to be like they both have made two incredible horror films uh and and uh i, I would also argue the the dude who's doing the new hansel and gretel movie i i still really like black coat's daughter and right. i am the pretty I, thing i'll check it out i'll check it out on your recommendation have you not um, seen any of those yet i haven't uh i haven't seen black coat's daughter i forget what did you think oh so the i i really liked i am the pretty thing because it reminds me of a shirley jackson book yeah i thought i i am the pretty thing that lives in the house was too short um and i didn't think there were i th- i think for it, it didn't give uh, the main character enough, like, breathing room. And I, I um, also think it kind of was a little bit... It did, it wasn't ballsy enough about being a movie about one person in a haunted house. Mm. You know what I mean? Where yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, man, this won't be entertaining. And it's like, it could be if you write it good enough. Uh, I, I was entertained, but I'm... Yeah, I, I was... Uh, of wee brain. <laughs> <laughs> like, aesthetically, I, I, th- I think it's fucking awesome um and i will say black coat's daughter is worth watching for the same sort of thing where aesthetically yeah. it's very very good it reminds it's a i'm interested if it's the same director I, yeah same director and i would call it like a, a a much rougher version of the witch not just in the sense of like the content but in the sense of like it's definitely like i think his like first movie and it definitely shows uh this sort of like it, it feels a lot choppier but yeah. it doesn't feel bad it just it just it's it, it feels like a a rougher cut movie huh all right shit Got, um, well i liked it <laughs> well i'm taking a trip to scarecrow or uh it might be on netflix still it was oh, on, shit. It, it, if it's not on netflix it's definitely on canopy anyway horror is good horror is good now um we've decided yeah uh has, has drama been good lately has there been any good dramas besides uh parasites coming out next month oh fuck i have to pre-buy my tickets for parasite yeah no let me know when you do fuck uh bong joon ho is my favorite director everybody (laughs) and i'm really excited for parasite it won the palm door uh and i'm the film nerd so did joker (laughs) no no it didn't (laughs) fuck you shut up one something shut your mouth you got like a don't bring that energy in here (laughs) we don't need that here (laughs) we're talking about a good movie um and yeah uh Anyway, before we just talk about movies that are coming out. <laughs> uh, what would you rather have spent your uh, director's cut ticket price on? Fuck. Um, Nothing. Seeing it a third time. <laughs> <laughs> See you midsummer all over again. Uh, God, it's hard because it's like I'm very... I'm sorry, I leaned back. I'm very <laughs> I glad I that I... I'm very glad that I saw the theatrical cut, even though I like the director's cut more. And mm-hmm. I tell people... I think it's worth watching them both. And I think seeing the theatrical cut first is better because they they hit, they have, it's the same story with the same beats, but yeah. they are two different beasts entirely. Absolutely. Um, and I will, I will admit to a bias insofar as there is the experience of going from the, like, 
theatrical cut, which I already loved, and like to the director's cut, which I knew I was going to love, and clapping like a seal. Yeah. At, at, uh, uh, every time a new scene happens. Yeah, every time more of the same thing that I like is on the screen. Uh, but it it's it's a different movie. I it like I really I can't stress enough like how different. I, I, if, if again, if you are not the kind of person who is willing to watch a long ass movie twice because yeah. they're slightly different. Yeah. Uh, but very, very, again, hit very differently. I would definitely say director's cut slow to go. Um, yeah. but I do think they're both worth watching, uh, with a little bit of time in between to process them. Yeah, definitely. Um, certainly, I don't know. Is there anything you would not have rather spent your fifteen dollars? God, it part two. Yeah, it fucking, yeah, for <laughs> real. Fucking almost any other horror film I've seen in theaters. It chapter two theatrical cut, which is by the way three hours. But little old Ari Aster can't release a three hour cut in the in the theatrical yeah, version. It's insane how much it chapter two would have been improved by having. The same aggressive editing that that fucking Midsummer got for real. Oh my god, it it didn't need to be. It, it was like it's such a bloated seven movie. samurai length for a like fucking Home Alone plot. For, for, Not even like for, for Scooby Doo the Thirteenth Ghost level plot. Yeah, for real. Uh, we gotta find our seven. We gotta find our seven sacraments <laughs> in order to defeat the clown. <laughs> We gotta find the seven artifacts to defeat the evil cult. Why well, got Stanley's? Rest in peace, Stanley. Director God. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and so, Ari Aster joins the Marvel Cinematic Universe here to direct. Would you see an Ari Aster directed Marvel <sighs> movie? I I know. No, yeah, I was gonna I would, say I actually wouldn't. Yeah, I, I would. Ha- I would have to take a hard stance and say no. I, like, I would have to take. The, I'd. I'd take the knee. It, it's not an Ari Aster movie at that point. Like it's just so far. It's like I, no. Yeah, I mean, people praise Thor Ragnarok, but it's like it's not a Taika Waititi. I mean, like it is, but it is. It is, but it's it's a Marvel movie first. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. It's a yeah, very successful famous intellectual property and Taika Waititi did a funny thing with it. I I will back up and say if Marvel movies actually let them just do whatever the fuck they want. (laughs) Yeah. I would see an Ari Aster. Let me actually, I would see an Ari Aster superhero movie. And if they let him use their intellectual properties, fine. I am inspired by the spirit of the new Joker movie of it being kind of like DC EU just being like, well, Throw spaghetti at the wall. Fuck it. We're just fucking up left and right here. Yeah, I... Uh, it's not going to be good. But I, I I, think that's the spirit. You know what I mean? I, I, I will say as much as I don't see DC movies because I don't care about superheroes because I am almost 30. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> I'm an adult. Uh, I am an adult. Hello. And if I'm going to watch a cartoon, it's going to be okay KO. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be, if I'm going to watch a cartoon, it's going to be 10 minutes long. <laughs> if I'm going to watch a cartoon, it's going to uh, placate my adult undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> uh, and, and reference 90s cartoons that I like. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, but I, I, so I don't care. I'm not going to go see them, but I do at least admire that the DCEU seems to just constantly be just doing fucking whatever they want and it's not working but god bless god bless like i wish i wish superhero movies had that kind of chaotic energy because like back when superhero movies were first getting big that's what made them kind of interesting yeah 
It felt like, I don't know, it was, it was, it was hyper-capitalistic, but it was different. You know, they were like, they were kind of sort of learning how to make movies. They didn't figure it out, I don't think. They let Sam Raimi make Spider-Man 3. That was great. That was yeah. a great decision. Actually, no regrets there. <laughs> <laughs> Superhero movies peaked with Spider-Man 3. Real shit. <laughs> people, people be like, Bleh, Logan, and I say, blow me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I haven't everyone. seen Log- I haven't seen Logan, so I don't know if it's actually good or not. I, I probably I, am never gonna see it. I am never gonna watch Logan. I have no curiosity. I'm sorry. Um, I don't. I don't really. I don't care how good you think it is. It's, uh, don't care. Uh, but what I do care about is cinema. And thank you for joining us on this at the cinema <laughs> at the cinema film critters at the cinema. On uh, movies. <laughs> on movies. Uh, I give Midsummer two popcorn shakers out of a possible and a, and a, and a, seven. And a bag of nutritional yeast. And a, yeah. I give a, I give Ari Oster's Midsummer's director's cut uh, the cut above the rest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're delirious. Yeah, we, uh, we've been... Rec- we've, this is literally the third episode of Film Critter shit we've recorded today. Yeah, for real. So don't ever say... <clears throat> We, we don't earn our Patreon dollars. <laughs> don't say we didn't do nothing for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, go check us out on Patreon. We have a lot of uh, exclusive episodes that go up on there of us uh, reviewing retrospective films. We have one about uh, a scanner darkly coming up. Yeah, coming out this month. And thanks so much for listening and watching. Uh, Thank you to all our Patreons. Yeah. Patreons also get to hear these uh, three days before. Oh, yeah. True. And much like the old how many days in a week thread. We don't really know how to count. We don't know if you count the day it's posted or the don't day after. Don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. <laughs> that's a secret. That's that's our little secret. Somebody's going to eventually point out. Like, it how fluctu- many days are in a week? It's going to eventually flu- point out that it fluctuates what the third day actually is because we haven't decided. How many weeks are in a month? Many- <laughs> All right. I love when you put that video on. It's just like, this is us. <laughs> this is us uploading to Film Critters Patreon. Oh, my God. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Ari Aster. Thank, yeah. Uh, and Florence Pugh. Uh, for making movies. And Jack. And uh, everybody. Will. Uh, See you on the flip side. That's what we say now. That's what we say now. That's what we say now. See, See you, you in the, the cinema. Fl- See, See you, you on the motherfucking flip side. And we're, and we're bitch. off. <laughs> and we're. And good night and good luck. And cut. And that's a wrap. <laughs> and I hate myself. It's been real, but spelt R E E L. Uh, yeah, and I'm ready for oblivion. All right, bye. bye. <laughs>